This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. France the author. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. And, uh, you know, we hadn't been with you for a few days, uh, but we wanted to uh, talk about a couple topics. going to give us a full show today. A couple topics that, in a way, kind of relate to one another. Team and recruiting. Um, and uh, first off, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be about, you know, the, the transfer portal additions. Uh, we did a podcast immediately after those. Rusty and I did talking about Darion Kendrick, talking about uh, Eric Gilbert, but with some time to let that marinate, we're going to talk about expectations, whether it changes our expectations or not. And then we're going to jump into some recruiting talk and kind of how things are going in the month of June and how those additions of those two really good players on the first of the month may be kind of shaping how we look at recruiting um, this month. And, and we'll probably have a chance to explain that a little bit more later. But, Rusty, I wanted to jump right in with with the Gilbert and, and Kendrick stuff. And, you know, you and I didn't get a chance to hit on this when we when we talked uh, about the, the original editions of them. But with some time to let it marinate, a little over a couple weeks now, does it change? Does it really change your expectation that that since Georgia added those two guys, or, or you know, is it is it one of those things where you kind of still expect the same thing from this group? I mean, it's hard not to have your expectations elevated when you add two guys like this because potentially, you know, you look at Eric Gilbert and some of the things he did at LSU, and we all covered him in high school, knew him in high school, so we kind of knew what he's, you know, he's just a different athlete. I mean, there's not many Eric Gilberts running around there. I mean, this is an Let's just be straight. This is a tight end playing wide receiver. That's how athletic this big guy is. Not many players like that. Um, you know, in today's age, it's changed with, with, with tight ends and what they do now, but he is definitely going to play wide receiver at Georgia. He's going to be outside, obviously going to be, you know, hopefully a plug in place for the George Pickens, uh, you know, not being there and uh, being injured. So I think Darian Kendrick's a guy that when, you know, I looked at everything and again, we've talked about this, Jake, we talked about on the podcast. We don't make the decision to, you know, if he's in school or not. We don't make decisions on where they go. We have to say what we think about this player on the field, and we know the decisions to allow Darian Kendrick to enter the University of Georgia went all the way to the top. Uh, from your side, Jake, and my side, we both, you know, it's clear that it, this decision went through a lot of different people. So Georgia was comfortable with that. Now, as a player, uh, I think you look at him as a guy, as a competitor, 
probably a big chip on his shoulder, had some had some negative press, didn't finish great against Chris Olave, and hell, who would against Chris Olave sometimes? And, you know, he got got, you know, and, and A.J. Terrell got got, but he had a great uh, rookie year for the Atlanta Falcons. So you look at this, um, you look at this Darian Kendrick thing, and I really think this is a huge piece of the puzzle for Georgia. They needed some experience at defensive back at corner, extremely bad, and I think it's a great fit. I think Eric Gilbert coming into Athens uh, for, for, for Georgia is another fit at wide receiver. They've got some other talented guys in the room. And you look at Darnell Washington, look at Fitzpatrick, you look at Brock Bowers. You know, those are big body guys that will be on the field at some point, same time with, with Eric Gilbert. So you're going to have your hands full covering those guys with, you know, just the length alone. But I think, you know, it, it does, you have to, and I, Jake and Kip, and you both know, I'm, I like to try to simmer things a little bit, but with with fan bases, particularly our board on Dogs two four two four seven. But it's it's reality, you know. I think your expectations have to go up a little bit when not only you add two very talented players, but you add two guys of this ability at key positions you needed going into this season. Yeah, and and Rusty, what I get from that whenever I hear you answer that question is the reason I really wanted to talk about this is because it's it's so tough to give a yes or no answer to that. It's so tough to be able to be like, yeah, absolutely, or no, not at all. It's a really nuanced thing to where when you're talking about a team with high expectations and, and big dreams and, and big aspirations, um, yeah, you know, it's it, it does kind of maybe raise your expectations a little bit, but does it raise them enough to maybe move Georgia to number two or number three or number one in the country? Does it do that? And, and that's kind of what we're getting at here. Uh, Kip, answer that same question and and also answer this. Do you move Georgia? To, would you move Georgia if, if you were a guy that you had your own rankings and it was kind of a, a thing where you were the one responsible for putting out the early, the summer, you know, top 25? Does this move Georgia a spot or two for you at all? Well, there, there are only so many spots for Georgia to move up in most rankings at this point. I think if you look at the consensus, it's probably five. Does this move them to four? It's it's tough because the other you know the other teams are in that top four. You know the, their schedule kind of gives them some leeway to where you know they can they can lose a game and and still be fine. Georgia's basically in a you know, you win the season opener, you're in a really good situation moving forward as far as your resume. You lose that game, you you know that you you probably have to win in Atlanta to get in. You have to get to Atlanta and win. So, you know, four to five is probably still where I put them, not not based on talent, but just based on, you know, at the end of the year, you know, certain things have to happen for, for this team to be able to be in that college football playoff, and that's really the only ranking that matters. As far as just the the overall what they bring to the table, you could make that argument, but maybe now they're, you know, they're third or they're in that top four for sure. Uh, just because I think that as big as Gilbert was, giving Monken another weapon and you know, allowing him to return a lot of guys and maybe do something different. I mean, that Darion Kendrick addition to the roster, you know, just assuming that he's able to play, uh, you know, a full season and he's able to contribute, I think it's just huge because, you know, Kirby Smart loves playing man-to-man. I mean, it's just – you just look at, you know, the defense and, and what they what they do best 
as far as affecting the quarterback, you know, when they're able to the the place some man coverage out there, they're just able to have a much better sack rate, you know, much better havoc rate, and and just put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And I think adding a guy like that, and you have Tyke Smith in there as well to you know to potentially lock down another position in the secondary. It just really allows him to ask a lot more of his cornerbacks in general, which means that, you know, the other aspects of that defense are going to be able to uh, kind of, you know, pin their ears back a little bit more and have a specific responsibility. So I think that, you know, knowing that Georgia is going to give up a big play here too when they do that anyway – just because that is the feast or fame and world you live in uh, when, whenever you're, you know, you, you ask that of your defense, the, the play in man defense. I think adding Kendrick to, to the fold really just gives Kirby more of what he wants to do going, you know, going into camp, knowing that more likely than not, you, you know, you have a, a guy who can come in and start, you have a competition at, potentially one cornerback spot instead of multiple spots it just gives you more confidence knowing that you're you're going to be able to use you know that aspect of your playbook that you prefer and and so that's you know that gives Kirby a chance to to play the defense he wants to play as far as you know can you know uh, Gilbert kind of being I don't want to say a luxury but it's another weapon you know, having to replace the the production of Pickens is still what, you know, everyone's talking about. But I think Georgia, you know, had, has some guys that, you know, they could ask them to do that on offense. And Gilbert obviously gives them another big weapon, him and Washington. You know, that does open up things for Monken, Monken to do, like, multiple looks and, and create more mismatches, which is what he's looking to do. But I think that just the the Kendrick addition is, is just huge – and, and gives them, you know, the, the the potential to be the defense that maybe, you know, we kind of expected going into last season. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I mean, I think, you know, depending on what your concern was going into this season, uh, both editions uh, of, of Gilbert and Kendrick can be, you know, pushed to that number one spot. I mean, yeah, yeah. Georgia was losing. Georgia lost some cornerbacks in, in the draft, and, and Kendrick gives them a, a guy with experience there, and that's massive. It really is. But you know, then you consider the George Pickens injury during spring practice, and Gilbert becomes a bigger issue uh, after that injury. And and you know, George Pickens still around the team. Everything's still going great there as far as him being around the program and being um, a part of a part of everything. So that's that's what you want to hear right now at this point in the year. Um, you know, it would be great for Georgia if they could get both of those guys on the field at some point in time in the in the 2021 season, but we're really far off from that. I, I just look at this, guys, and listen, I, I saw no shortage of, 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 of national riders wanting to say, all right, Georgia's got Gilbert, Georgia's got Kendrick, it's time to win a national championship. One – I think that's kind of Kirby Smart's, you know, listen, he talks about the process a lot, but the guys, you know, listen, they've all got the results in the back of their mind. I think that's the way Kirby Smart probably feels. I think that's the way Georgia fans fans definitely feel. But it doesn't really at all make me think that, yeah, Georgia should be ranked two or three, mainly because, you know, I, I had a high expectation for this team anyway. 
Like, I, I really believe that, listen, Georgia's going to be kind of offensively driven. They shored up the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, my my concern about cornerback was kind of dwindling a little bit more as time went on anyway just because of that front seven and, and especially that defensive line and how Georgia's going to be able to protect those guys. And I still think they'll do that because you've still got a, a, an inexperienced guy you're going to have to run out there at cornerback. Um, but but I, I just I kind of wanted to talk about that whole issue of everybody maybe upping their up in the ante on, on what they expected from Georgia in 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 2021 based on the addition of two really good players. I mean, listen, this is a talented roster anyway. You 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 read Bud Elliott's blue chip ratio article. He did that earlier this week. I love reading that every year when it comes out. Um, you know, Georgia has the athletes to win a title. It has more athletes now than it did on May the. 30, 30th, I don't want to say May 30th. There's no May 31st, is there? Is there? Yeah, maybe there is. Uh, so, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, can Georgia get the right pieces in the right spot? Can it stay healthy? And then, and and ultimately, can JT Daniels kind of take that next step forward? You know, if you had given me the option, and, and I'd love to hear your take on this, Rusty, if you would have given me the option of, adding Darian Kendrick and Eric Gilbert or JT Daniels taking a long step forward and and becoming the quarterback that you you know you've seen flashes of consistently over the course of the year I would have probably taken the the JT Daniels route what about you yeah yeah I, I'm with you there um you know we're going to talk about all this stuff with, with you know the transfer portal and players and I just got off another podcast and we we're talking about the transfer portal and Georgia's in a good spot I mean they're going to lose some guy lost Tyreek Stevenson uh, they lost some guys, but you, you think the, the transfer portal has forever changed everything. So with Georgia, you know, just sitting here on June the 17th, and we're doing a podcast talking about Georgia just added Darian Kendrick and Eric Gilbert. I mean, a year a year ago, nobody we even thought anything like that. But this is the, the day and age of college football, so it's just something we're going to continually talk about. Kip, what about you? Adding adding Kendrick or Gilbert or JT Daniels taking that huge step forward and kind of becoming consistently, you know, 13, 14, 15 games, the the quarterback that you know he can be. I mean, the quarterback position's the one that I mean, we always talk about. I mean, Georgia's been trying to look for that, not just consistency, but someone who can consistently be called upon to to you know, lift up their teammates, make the the other players around them better and, and make the, you know, the big throws they need in key situations and big time games. And I think that, you know, it it's tough to extrapolate what we saw out of four games from JT last year, but in the teams, you know, the kind of teams they played, it was just a weird situation last season. But, you know, he he's going to be, you know, over a year since, you know, the injury you know, back to full strength. I, I think that that potential is there for this to be kind of the transfer that, you know, w when it happened, it was just, uh, you know, such an interesting situation because you, you just don't see uh, a program bringing in basically two starting quarterbacks via the transfer portal in an off season. I mean, little did we know at the time what was, you know, about to transpire, but it's also just kind of crazy to think, you know, maybe everything that happened could have made, you know, been better for Georgia in the long run. You know, had other, you know, had had 
Jamie Newman not opted out. I mean, who knows what situation they would be in right now at the quarterback position and, and everything. Anything's possible these days. So I just think that that transfer could be looked upon. I mean, you know, six months now, everyone could be talking about just that being one of the most impactful transfers of the, you know, of the last couple of years a lot of games to be played till then that, you know, that story is yet to be written. We've, we've had a lot of off season discussions that have not transpired the way maybe some people expected, but right now looking at it, it it's set up well uh, for JT to, you know, impress a lot of people and, and to really win over a fan base. that's that's ready to see elite quarterback play, you know, under Kirby smart at Georgia. And and I guess ultimately that's the point I was getting to, and and I was I'm interested to know that you guys kind of agree with that assessment. Is listen, if JT Daniels was going to take that big big step forward, I think Georgia was going to have a chance to win a national title in a very in a pretty I mean really good one anyway. I don't want to say a great one, but you know definitely a a very good chance of winning a title. Um, without those guys. Now, they have those guys, and the good thing is is you don't have to choose because JT Daniels can take the big step forward after adding those guys, and now maybe that elevates the ceiling for this team, and we'll find out. We'll, we'll find out real soon, and it'll be here before we know it. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to talk on the other side about recruiting and how adding those two transfers might have kind of changed the mindset of, of the fan base and, and as maybe casting a shadow on kind of how recruiting feels right now. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, guys, let's take it back to June 1st, okay? Georgia adds these two transfers. Georgia visits are opening up, and Georgia does a great job with visits, okay? Well, since the visits have opened up, Georgia has had two players decommit, both five stars, Barry Alexander and Dayon uh, Bowie, uh, Smoke Bowie. Um, they've had a five-star prospect who was a very strong Georgia lean at one point, Michael Williams, uh, commit to USC, and he's basically he's basically you know haven't taken a chance to play with his brother, uh, and and the crystal ball is kind of trending away from Georgia for Kristen Miller and Christian Miller and some other prospects. But I look back and I and I you know the excitement of visiting start visit starting up and the addition of those two transfers, and then you couple it with kind of an ebb. I would say in recruiting and kind of a, a a little bit of a dry spot here in recruiting. And I think that all of, all of a sudden that puts a magnifying glass on that. And it has definitely the dogs 24 seven junkyard, our awesome message board for them. 
kind of worried about recruiting right now. And, and you know, guys, I just wanted to give you all a chance because you all are the ones, you all are the recruiting experts. You all do it better than anybody out there. Rusty, what are your thoughts on the way things are going for Georgia recruiting right now? And do you think kind of the first of the month and the circumstances may be making it look a little bit worse than it is? I mean, you don't sugarcoat a loss like Michael Williams. Now, certainly Georgia's going to recruit him and continue to recruit him and hope to get him back on campus. And, you know, here's a here's a kid that had he committed like he intended when he was going to initially do it in March, that was going to be Georgia. I feel very certain that was going to be Georgia. But, he, you know, the the NCAA comes out and starts talking about, well, maybe we'll allow a visit after June 1st. So he decides to, you know, push his decision off. He wants to take these officials. And, uh, you know, that's a, a kid I know well. is a great kid. Really, really good football player. Um, an elite five-star defensive lineman, a, a guy that can rush the passer. Uh, I think he's a hand-in-the-ground type guy. But, you know, USC gets him on campus. His half-brother, Michael Trigg, is there. And they got him out there to L.A. this past weekend. He had a great time. He hit me up Monday night. And I was actually on the radio. He sent me a text and said, hey, got a decision made. Called him Tuesday morning. He said, hey, I'm going to USC. So, um, at that point, I felt good to change my crystal ball. So, yeah, I mean, that's not that's not what you want to hear as a Georgia fan. You don't want to get in a pattern of losing a player from Georgia to USC. Now, can they hold it? We'll see. But right now, it sounds like that he's very much a USC Trojan. So, um, you can bet that Georgia's going to continue to recruit him. We'll just see how that plays out down the line. Now, Barry Alexander, I've been pretty clear from the start that was going to be a battle. I felt like it was going to be a battle. To, to pull a five-star defensive lineman out of the state of Texas is extremely hard. And at the end of the day, right now, I think he ends up at either Texas, Texas A&M. We'll see. I think he's in Southern Cal this weekend. So Southern Cal is definitely trying to get back, you know, where they were you know, many, many years ago with in the early 2000s as a, as a national powerhouse. So you look at all those things. I think Smoke Bowie's a guy that I'll say this. I, I think that he has a good chance of ending up back in this class before it's said and done. He did play for Bainbridge High School yesterday at in a Florida State 7-on-7. Seven seven. There's been some rumors he was going to go to a different school, but looks like he is still at Bainbridge, and that's who he's playing for. So, you know, there's some highs and lows of recruiting. We all know that. And, you know, I think, you know, you read the pulse of the board and the smoke buoy coming off the visit to Texas A&M with Bayer, he decommitted, those types of things. I think the one that really caught everybody off, and it caught me off guard, was Michael Williams. So, you don't want to get in a pattern losing those. Uh, you know, Georgia fans know the understanding of uh, the importance of defensive line. Also, wide receiver in his class, still some question marks there. So, there's some things that, are, you know, that, that aren't trending well, but I think we can all agree when a class is done under Kirby Smart, I think Georgia fans will be more than happy. Yeah, and, and the track record's there. I mean, the track record of finishing strong, of recruiting at a very high level is there. Um, you know, Georgia's coming off its worst full class under Kirby Smart, but it was a very small class. It was 20. I mean, if Georgia signs 25 guys like they have in the past, it's probably ranked number two, maybe number three. Uh, but, but you know, comes in at number four there in 2021. Uh, Kip, what, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, it, it just seems like to me that, you know, yeah, there should be a lot of confidence in Kirby, but I also believe that just the whole last two to three weeks, the excitement going into there to the, uh, to the, you know, contact period, to guys being able to visit the transfers, it just seems like kind of I don't know maybe that put Georgia fans on a little bit more of a roller coaster than than they were expecting. It's it's the highs and lows of recruiting, but it's also this recruiting cycle 
began June 1st. And so usually, you know, these types of events and twists and turns are spread out over, you know, kind of a, over a year because we, we, we watch these prospects visit campuses, you know, when they are juniors and sophomores. And so they, you know, they, we, normally these guys have seen other campuses and, and seen places multiple times and, and met the coaching staffs. Now they're, they're all just, it's, it's a microwaved, you know, version of that. And they're all seeing places for the first time. And so, yeah, you basically had the events of multiple months happen in, in two weeks where, you know, some guys saw places for the, for the first time and, and, you know, some guys decided I want to reopen my recruitment like Smoke Bowie did, Bear Alexander, and then Michael Williams, he, you know, he decided he found a, a fit for him. So, you know, in that aspect, you have to remember, uh, as you know, for Georgia fans that Georgia is not recruiting, you know, without resistance. They're not recruiting against air, so to speak, as far as just, you know, you go and you, you see quarterbacks throw on air and, and everyone's pro day just looks amazing. Like they're the best quarterback player, you know, ever you start throwing in some resistance in there and, and things change a little bit on the accuracy. That's, you know, that's what you have to remember in terms of Georgia recruiting. They, they didn't just start recruiting against air in June. It basically, there was resistance for the first time, you know, with a lot of guys visiting other schools. And, but at the same time, George is getting guys on campus too. And not just for, you know, just for recruiting purposes, for evaluation purposes. And that's usually an aspect of recruiting that we will see happen, you know, during the spring, we can track where the coaches are going, you know, which guys they're trying to get on campus in the spring. And you can kind of see the, the, you know, their recruiting board adjust and, and basically guys moving up and down the board. That's happening now and it might be happening for some guys that we've covered, at, you know, th throughout the cycle and mentioned very prominently with Georgia. There might be some guys that move down the board as well. They may have changed their focus to other prospects that we are going to find out in the coming weeks and months that some guys – may have, you know, really showed out working out for the coaching staff and maybe guys that they think can make a big impact that aren't, you know, in the in the top 50 right now in rankings or, or not guys that, you know, we've written 20 stories about during the spring because, you know, we can't – it's tough to cover guys when they can't get on campus and spend time with coaching staffs and be evaluated normally. So it's just – it's an adjustment period across the board for just how – you know, things have had to be covered and now we're, we're getting back, you know, closer to normal. It's just all happening in a couple of weeks time, a very, you know, a, a very quick adjustment to the period. But I think that, you know, the net result will be that overall Georgia will be fine. If you look at it as far as a specific recruit basis, you know, the Michael Williams, I agree with Rusty that that does just mark, you know, lower that margin of error at that specific position as far as guys we know about, and it just makes maybe, you know, the recruitment of five-star Shamar Stewart uh, from o Opelika, Florida. I mean, it makes that one obviously a, it's already a huge recruitment, but it just puts a lot more emphasis just because of the similarity in position there with Michael Williams. There aren't a lot of guys that can do what Michael Williams can do at 6'5", 260 plus pounds. Shamar Stewart's one of those guys. And, you know, that's a guy that Georgia's recruiting hard. They just got him on campus uh, for an unofficial visit. You know, look to get him back on campus again. That's just 
you know, one that we'll be tracking even closely, even more closely over the coming weeks. But I think overall, uh, Georgia's recruiting class will will be fine. It will be a class that we'll still be talking about at the end of the cycle as being in that top three, top five for sure. And I think there are a lot of positive twists that are still to come that, you know, we haven't seen, especially with this weekend with the, the official visitors Georgia's getting set to, to have on campus. It's, it's a huge weekend for Georgia and an opportunity for them to make a, a lot of hay in this 2022 cycle. Uh, Kip, I, I don't know if I've heard anybody else say this, uh, so I'm going to officially just credit this to you till the end of time. Uh, the recruiting cycle just started on June the 1st. I thought that that almost sounded super profound there for a minute and uh, kind of took me back. Um, I had a chance to kind of come down off of what that visit high, that that excitement of hearing you say that because that's the first time I've heard anybody put it that way. Uh, but but that's that's very true, and uh, and, and that's kind of how this is going to shake out. Rusty, talk to us a little bit about what's going to happen this weekend. Who's, who's going to be in town? I don't know if you know everybody off the top of your head, but give us an idea of, uh, of what to expect this weekend in terms of visitors. I mean, we're still still trying to confirm. We have a pretty good idea, but with with this, we don't want to put out names and they don't come because that's a you know that that's not a good look for us. I think the one that really um, everybody, I think the one that everybody really, the Jaheim Singletary, Ohio State commit, who you know who who said last week um, to Andrew Ivins, he's going to be here. You look at uh, you look at Tyler Booker, who's a, a major offensive tackle at IMG. Travis Shaw, big time defensive line prospect, just put Georgia's final four at North Carolina. Look at Keon Saab, uh, athlete out of IMG. D- uh, Dalen Everett, defensive back out of IMG. Jihad Campbell, outside edge rusher from IMG. Uh, you look at Katron Allen, running back IMG. The IMG crew is here. So, um, you know, you you look at this that school in particular and how Georgia is uh, recruiting it really, really hard. This is a big, big weekend. You know, you can almost say this is an IMG weekend at Georgia. So, uh, Alou, I think it's Alou Ba, the offensive tackle committed to Florida State. He'll be here also. Guess where? IMG. So, you look at this this weekend, and, and that's, really the big, that's really the big thing. We're going to confirm Jaheim Singletary, the Ohio State five-star commit, uh, out of Jacksonville, Florida, we're going to see if he makes it. So that's one thing we'll be paying attention to. But look, recruiting is is just now getting going. Like Kip said, it's just now getting going. And and uh, these these I know people are kind of upset about thinking it was going to be a lot of commits. I don't think we ever anticipate a lot of commits. We anticipated a lot of major major targets on campus in June. That's certainly clearly what Georgia has done. Absolutely. And I also want to give everybody a heads up. Maybe a Maybe a little bit of scoop here, all right, in terms of it, whether or not you were considering joining up over at Dogs 24-7. Two months, $1. Starts at midnight tonight um, at 12 a.m. on, uh, what is it, Friday morning, uh, June the 18th. Uh, so that's when it starts. It hasn't started just yet. So if you're listening to this podcast on the 20th, I'm sorry, on the 17th, it hasn't quite started yet. But starting at midnight tonight, 12 a.m., June 18th, 
two months for $1. Okay, that's less than two cents a day. You get the rest of the month of June, you get SEC media days, and you're going to get, you're going to dig into preseason camp pretty heavily. You're going to get the first two, two and a half weeks of preseason camp too. There's a lot covered in that. It's a great way to just try it out, just to see what you think. $1 gets you two months. Come check us out. We'd love to have you. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell from the same place. You guys take it easy.